All right. We're in the zone now, Joe Nolan. Now we're in the zone. And my goodness, um, this is season three, episode two. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So this is moving right along. Yeah, that's right. And so um, I would like for you to be so kind as to introduce your, your friend that I just met today. Uh-huh. Um, and I've actually seen some of his work already, and it's really impressive. Thank but you. But everybody else needs to meet him, so perhaps you can do a, a grand introduction. Oh well, my friend Jadis Gupta was in town two weeks ago, I guess. And That's we always right. we, we tend to look each other up. Uh, Jay's kind enough to look me up and care about me when he's near me. And uh, we got together and had a beer and started talking about the podcast and thought that it would be perfect when he got back in town uh, to sit down and talk about his latest. Uh, projects jay you're many things including a medical doctor and a filmmaker (laughs) um you know one of those is one of those is the thing that i want to be known for um no thank you guys for having me and Mm -hmm. uh congratulations on third season Um, this is big deal i loved the david helms Mm. you know interview so yeah shout out to david shout out to david 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 helms gave us a nice post on his instagram yeah, crappy, <laughs> crappy magic coming through for us. That's right. It's super crappy. Um, uh, but seriously, Jay, you and I have known each other for years now. We met through a circle of friends who were are all sort of involved in art and music in one way or another. Um, when I first met Jay, you were hosting uh, like these uh, really sort of like throwback salon talks. Right, the that salon. Were, yeah, it was basically like you was like Paris in the middle of Nashville in like two thousand one. Right. Yeah. I mean, which is why I was really, really happy to hear about your podcast, which is called Art Fight, you know, Mm. because my description for the conception of the salon was always Fight Club of the Mind, where it's like people sort of throw up their work and it kind of inspires and challenges someone else to throw a artistic punch of Mm. whatever they're creating. Yeah. And it's like back and forth and it's all of this comes... A dialogue of sorts, you mm-hmm. know, um, and to be fu- fully, uh, you know, to give credit where it's due, this concept actually came out of when we were, when I was an undergrad, through a lot of literary, uh, literary creative writers, uh-huh. um, and there was three of them: Cynthia, uh, M- Mike Andrews, and Matt Miller. And that's how we sort of like they were the original hosts. Where was your Where was your undergrad at? Uh, Washington D.C. Oh, okay. George Washington. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, I think it's interesting because it's funny when you come out when you come uh, at you know the arts primarily through a writing angle, which is true of me. You sort of I mean, there's similar things with like critiques and things like that 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 like visual artists have to go through in academia. Mm-hmm. But in when if you're a writing person. I forget that not everybody understands the horror <laughs> of let's all take everything we've written over the last week or something, give right. everyone a copy of it, then we'll all sit in a circle and tell each other honestly what we think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really a brutal <laughs> experience. So much, it's so much worse yeah. than like this is a terrible song. It's so much worse, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's really just taking everything about your expression word for word, note for note, and yeah. saying, 
I don't even like the way that you put this together. Yeah, there's like, they have it in their hand, <laughs> oh, literally. Yeah. You can't, they didn't misunderstand it. They're holding Absolutely. onto it, literally. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And if they have to say, like, what did you mean, then that's a failure in itself. Yeah. yeah. But right. I do think that that if you go through that experience, it's it's certainly, I look back on that those experiences early, you know, look back on those earlier experiences, and I think, you know what, I bet you that if I hadn't had those experiences, I would have had a lot harder time dealing with like exposing my work to the public scrutiny, being willing to take criticism on the chin, which you just have to do. You know, you get a lot of rejection for every person who's into what you're doing or every, you know, opportunity that you break through or whatever. It's like, yeah, you know, you got into those exhibits, but, you know, let me show you all the ones I didn't get into. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And that's a big thing to remember because like, you know, in the world of Facebook, you sort of see these posts and everything's like, oh, well, I got, you know, went to the Emmys and like this happened to me. I was in the television academy. Yeah. But then there's like the sea underneath (laughs) of like, so many projects dying at the one yard line so many projects like materializing into nothingness you know Mm -hmm. and it's just like um yeah that's just we tend to like ignore those factors Mm -hmm. about people who are famous and even people who are not famous Mm -hmm. with their art but i you know i can tell you like there's plenty of stuff that we've done my girlfriend Catherine and i or me independently lots of them mm-hmm. lots of them like moving along oh this could get made this no mm-hmm. it's done it's over right move along to the next project mm-hmm. um and going back to those lessons you were talking about just learning lessons along the way to thicken your skin for the fight of the art mm-hmm. um one of those was actually in my undergrad so the poet tony hoagland was sort of doing this a special class at uh, George Washington, and everybody wanted to be part of it because he was sort of celebrated, and he still is. Um, and I kind of got into that class, and one of the big things was like Tony would do these um, sort of like packets, like of all the writers, you'd submit your project. And then he'd take like the top five and he'd put it in a packet and everybody would go, you know, in a class of 15, would go around and talk about those. And so ending up on the first packet and was like a big, big deal. We turn in our stuff. Mm-hmm. We get the packet. I see my poem on the top. I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> he talks about the other four. Uh-huh. And then class is almost wrapping up, and I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) I'm ready for my shine. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, Um. (laughs) and he's like, hey, you know, like, this poem is written by someone who I like their voice, but we're not ever going to talk about this poem. And I was like, what the? And he's just like, yeah, you know, this writer has been writing for clearly a long time, we can tell, but... He doesn't know line breaks. Mm. So we're never going to talk about it. And you know what? It blew my mind, like, all this time going through middle school, high school, winning competitions, winning this or doing that. Nobody had ever said to me, like, dude, you got to learn line breaks. Mm -hmm. Like, that is a fundamental thing for if you want to be a writer, then you have to be good at that. And uh, so... 
the reason I talk about that because that when I got to USC and was making films like it made my skin much thicker than my sort of cohorts because they would get really emotional about getting that feedback and I was like dude it can get much worse than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially at a place like USC, where that's that's what it's known for. So you're yeah. at sort of this this mecca for for film. I mean, the same thing happens with musicians when they come to Nashville. Uh, that, that you know, they, they're a superstar somewhere else, and they're their sort of regional yeah. town or wherever they're from, mm-hmm. or even like people from big cities. And then they get here and they're like, oh, I actually don't even know how to play my instrument. You know what I mean? Like there's a, such another level mm-hmm. of things going on. And if you don't have that humility coming into it and accept that positively and sort of constructive, constructively, then it you will get sort of eaten up. It doesn't mean that there's also a lot of like, there's plenty of talentless hacks running around too. I'm not saying like there's a rule, but but general, yeah. generally, I mean, you know, when you see like the finest session players and you see like wh- what it really takes to kind of get to that level, it's like, okay, that's a different beast. And it is a, certainly a, a healthy thing to, to accept that. And, and like for me, I'm a person that, you know, uh, you know, if I do something and somebody says, you know, like Joe and I did these things a couple weeks ago, we did these talks at this, at the art museum. Pachakucha <laughs> format conversations. We did that, and, and somebody was asking me like, "Are you nervous?" And I was like, "No." Uh huh. And and they're like, "Why?" And it's not because like I'm so fucking cool or something. It was just because it's like, what is what is the worst thing that's gonna happen here if I just mm. if I just got up there vomited and then left? Yeah. Like how bad would that even be? Right. You know? Right. So like I just try to like always weigh out like really what's the worst thing. Know the stakes really. And, and then, <laughs> yeah. And then ultimately like you know I I've kind of conditioned myself to where it's like if I'm if I'm nervous that is my favorite feeling in the world right I love it I love it because it means I'm doing something I'm pushing myself or I'm I'm getting to mm-hmm. a different place and I have that I have I've never been yeah and, I, and, I, and I'm outside of my my orbit and that is my favorite thing in the world so if you just start to re-identify these seemingly negative things to be kind of positives yeah then it can be super helpful it doesn't mean that um, you know no, I mean, no one's immune uh, right, but but yeah. Right. So that's yeah. so you're at USC Film School for Christ's sake. I mean, uh, you're going to be needing to take it in the ch- on the chin a couple times. Yeah, I mean, I certainly did. Like all throughout, you know, it was like, you know, you sort of make the. I mean, even when you find relative success, you know, and you know, most of my work, luckily, was received well. But I will say, you know, that doesn't. So we were talking about. The, how critical success is a little bit different from the business side and the commercial success. Mm -hmm. And like even being received well by, you know, sort of famous directors who are now teaching or famous Mm -hmm. writers who are now teaching, it means nothing to the real commercial world where like Mm -hmm. agents and managers look at you and they're like, whatever you know like they're like please go away and stop wasting my time yeah Yeah. i think it's i think in i think in the visual art world the the difference between the business and the academic part of it are is a little closer together but in the music world it's completely that way as well yeah you know what i mean i bet you can have you know your greatest heroes like literally hear you look you in the eye and tell you 
welcome brother to the circle of, of wizards or whatever and it's not going to mean anything to right. anyone else yeah. you know what I mean Cause, yeah, cause, <laughs> by the way if somebody ever said that to me I wouldn't care whether I had any business success or not yeah as long as I was in the circle of wizards I'm a motherfucking wizard yeah. Yeah. welcome oh, brother so to the circle of wizards wizard. what the hell what the hell kind of fucking um, fantasy do I have in my head <laughs> A better one than mine. <laughs> Circle of wizards, y'all. I'm on my way. To me, that's way better than like, this is reasonably marketable. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Better. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's similar. I mean, it's a similarity. And and what you were saying too about about the the doing that presentation at the Frist Center, I think it's one of those things where you know we end up bringing other experiences from other things like performing music and it's like oh get in front of people and talk on a mic it, I, I have to do it all the time you know what I mean yeah. so it's not that big of a deal if I don't have my band <laughs> you yeah, know what I yeah. mean compared to people who never do it and don't ever want to do it you know what I mean Yeah. and I think you're right about that too like for me I almost always when I'm going to play I have some level of nervousness you know what I mean but I also like you know that it's like uh it's going to be fine and actually this is all going to turn into like superpowers and you're yeah. going to be you're going to be zooming into this thing in fine detail in a way you wouldn't be able to otherwise yeah. and you're going to hit those notes that you haven't hit all week in rehearsal right, <laughs> you yeah. know because right. you're going to have that little extra or like Conor um, McGregor he's like they're just a faceless body by the time that <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to smash when I get in the cage yeah it's just a blur right. you know what I mean? <laughs> but gonna, you know that you know how to, you know that it's going to be somewhat you, you know things are a little things are a little crazy, but you know that you're good at crazy. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> you, you've defended dissertations, right? Or you, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine like to me like that's where <laughs> I've seen that. I've never done it. How, how, <laughs> how, like, how, how often are you in front of a, a, a group of people that actually fully know what they're talking about? Right, right. They're right, like, right. oh, you think this is like Circle of Wizards, man? It's like Circle oh, of Wizards. Yeah. You think you're a master now? <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> I mean. In film, at least, there is the pitch process, which I, does I'm not sure about does how much of that exists in music, and you can enlighten me on that. But the pitch process to me is like your way of getting through that sort of gauntlet mm -hmm. to get to the circle of wizards. <laughs> um, I you know because um, almost any meeting, whether it's informal or formal, in Hollywood or even here, I think in the film industry you're constantly pitching you're it's a either pitch. pitching yourself as the filmmaker or the writer or you're pitching a project project and a product mm -hmm. you know saying like oh hey look we're interested in the art and fight and fight in the art and yeah so yeah let's get together and do do something together mm. you know so like that kind of pitch is happening all the time now it used to be that pitch, pitches alone would get bought and be made into films and TVs. And I think, unfortunately, those days are over, mm. um, even though Netflix and Hulu and Amazon are sort of prol proliferating. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's... So less and less is being done on spec? Yeah. I think it's super hard to just... Is it kind of the opposite now? Is it sort of like, we want to see the entire thing and you need to have 4.5 million followers and you need to have all this stuff in, in before we'll even talk to you? Or is it like, is it that upside down? Um, I think, yeah, some of it is that definitely. I think you don't have to have all of those boxes checked, but one of those boxes definitely needs to be checked, mm -hmm. you know, like, and it, so it can be, 
sort of a combination of things you try out. So like if you have 22 million followers, then maybe your script doesn't need to be as good as the person who doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. And then they need to, the person who doesn't have the followers now needs to win the Nichols award, you know, for script writing yeah. that's presented by the so academy. It's kinda, so it's so, kind of like yeah. when you're it's kind of like when you're dating and it's like, yeah. well, I'm I'm funny and I'm yeah. handsome, but but I've got terrible taste in clothes, <laughs> yeah. like, or whatever it is, right? Or my, like, yeah. I, like I really and she's love, like mm. I keep I keep trying to like mm. every time she, she seems win to, an Oscar, <laughs> she, yeah, she, win an Oscar, ask me out again. <laughs> she seems to wince every time that she gets in my car and I'm blasting Nickelback. <laughs> but but you know it's you can only check so many boxes, but exactly. you got to at least build some um, some good. Exactly, they're, they're making big, big investments, and, and I don't know tons about that world, but I know that people have their everybody you're dealing with ha their asses on the line. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and like that's the one thing I feel like as artists you have to understand about the commercial aspect or the business aspect of your art, which is certainly the fighting aspect of your art, uh, how to reach other people, and I think you have to understand that like someone who vouches for you in making this art may be jeopardizing their job if it doesn't become a success, you know? And so... It's like I somebody think, bailing you out of prison. Right. And it's like... Like co-signing <laughs> alone. co-signing yeah, co <laughs> co alone that might really mess up their life. Um, so, you know, I can definitely understand where managers and agents come into play and like why they're fearful of sort of new talent. I mean, I hope that this new era of being able to make content very easily by yourself will ultimately change that. And, you know, sort of YouTube and Instagram to has put certainly- put the premium back on yeah, just good ideas. Yeah, and yeah. it certainly has changed it, but, you know, I, I would like it to be a bigger table, mm -hmm. um, yeah. How would it? How does it look? If you if it could be the way you want it to be, is it a thing where people are able to just produce their own content and then sort of sell it directly to uh, you know some type of distribution platform or how does right. it work? I mean, so that already exists uh -huh. on some level. You know, like in fact, a lot of people want you to now develop your. <clears throat> feature film or even TV pilot mm. and then go through distributor or these other mm -hmm. independent distributors and once it sort of has you know um, a following a sort of sense in the community mm -hmm. uh, presence then you know your next project becomes easier to make because yeah. people know you but I think like the problem that does come up because of that is what is already happening in uh, Hollywood right now. I think diversity has always been an issue of access. And I think it's easy to say, hey, develop your own feature, develop your own pilot. But like, look, you know, I'm, I'll be, I'll just talk about myself as a case study. I am, because of USC now, 200, 300 grand in debt. And I can't really afford to put in another $200,000 of my own money or even someone else's loans to make this film as 
you know the son of an immigrant i mean a son of immigrant parents you mm-hmm. know it's like that sort of uh bar- barrier to entry right exists for us and so my way for that was like i have to write because that's cheap and i can write and if i'm good at it then someone's gonna get noticed or someone will notice it and that was the thing and i also want but i wanted to keep on practicing my directing so Mm -hmm. a lot of commercials and music videos were easier to do because um music video usually meant there would be a musician who's trying to um sort of push that product and usually they're more well known than you and they Mm -hmm. already have a they have a bigger stake Mm-hmm. for example so mm-hmm. you know um, that was my sort of way into directing for as being a working director you know quote unquote working director because mm-hmm. like, everybody's a director once you direct something mm-hmm. but to be actually able to get paid and Active make money and doing stuff is, yeah. yeah right it's like catching the wave and then riding it right yeah and that's really interesting that that's become I mean it's not really a new thing at this point but it really has become a thing where so many directors that we you know that we later on admire for their future films start off with their you know their video uh, uh, music video stuff yeah I mean one of my favorites David Fincher right I mean propaganda films just what Fincher Spike Jones, and right. Michael Bay Spike Jones too right yeah, yeah. all of those guys you did know, Michael Bay ever do music videos yeah I think so oh and shit I, he I did don't some commercials that. as well and I hope he I, did some like metal videos <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually I would love to see like yeah. uh very sweet ballad from you know, like a, like a he's more like a November jerk. rain type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a there's epic. a there's a yeah there's an epicness to it. Everything is blowing up. Even see, though yeah. Sarah McLachlan's yeah. you know singing. Uh-huh. And, I see yeah. a lot of grand pianos yeah, yeah, and yeah, weather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's uh, there, I, like, I like contrast like that though. There's certain movies that have really nailed that right, like where they have some horrible scene going on, or some murder scene. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, what is one of the ones that comes to mind? Oh God, is it? It's not Taxi Driver, is it? No, but but there's there's a couple of like really famous. I mean, singing in the. I mean, Clockwork Orange with singing in oh, the rain. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. that That's scene itself is like uh-huh. whoa, you know, like right. someone just twisted singing one of the yeah, the one of the <laughs> most beloved songs of mm-hmm. Hollywood into a completely different yeah you know tone and um i mean that's just yeah i mean that movie i think was i mean just phenomenal in what it did i think you know just to be able to present it in the way that he did and you know kubrick is so uncompromising which is a bad word in some ways for directors i think like uh, I've met a lot of people who want to be uncompromising in the wrong way, you know? Like, I feel right. like, you know, you see that movie, Clock Orange or um, Shining or anything else, it's the art that's uncompromising, mm-hmm. you know? He's fighting for his art, for sure. Right. Do, do you think that but, that's also the times, right? Because if the young Stanley Kubrick was coming up now, would he even make it through the gatekeepers necessarily even with an immense talent just because I mean I, I just parallel everything back to music too like you know, look all the bands in the 70s that were doing just highly ambitious highly creative right really meticulous very conceptual work 
that would be laughed out the door if they can't, you know, tried it now. Like if, if yeah. yes or somebody was like, right. totally, yeah. like, okay, we've got this great idea for a double concept album, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, good luck. What's the name of the band? It's called King Crimson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank um, you. <laughs> right, and we're also all very unattractive people. <laughs> right, yeah. Does that help? Yeah. Does that help? I don't know. I mean, I do think there are people who have sort of gotten a chance that they wouldn't have gotten earlier, you know? Like, um, Gareth Edwards, from having made his short went into doing Godzilla, you know, and like Colin Trevorrow and oh, who's he? tell me who these people, I don't know all uh, these guys. Colin Trevorrow just, you're going to put me in spot. On the spot. <laughs> uh, I'm going to blank on his IMDb for oh. a second. Oh. <laughs> and it's going to be terrible. Uh, but Coogler, you know, is a great example. Oh yeah. Great. Someone who just made like this one personal film, Mm-hmm. That was the Fruitvale Station? Fruitvale yeah, Station. Yeah. And then it launched him into this upper sphere mm-hmm. right off the bat. Did and he do a Marvel movie? Yeah. Which, and, did he do Black Panther? Did, and he did, uh, and he did uh, Apollo, uh, Creed, Creed, right? Yeah. Creed 2 coming out this Creed November. Creed 2 coming out, yeah. I loved Creed 1. I thought it was great. Yeah, and I really thought like great. it... Really a smart fucking reboot of a thing that... Yeah. It absolutely. was sort of like, I don't want to see any more Rocky movies. And it's like, what about a Creed movie? And I was like, what about <laughs> it? I'm there. <laughs> Take my money. Take my money right now. And it now. was worth it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. great. Really good. Um, but what were you? Uh, what was um, there was something I was going to say? Creed. Oh, what was the what was the Marvel movie he did? Did he do Black, Black Panther? Panther. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which is I like, also thought was amazing. Yeah, I mean, people know? are arguing that that should get Academy Awards. You right. know what I mean? I mean, right. it probably should get some, but I don't know about for me. I mean, how do you do that? Do they do ten now? Still, they do ten. There's room for it if there's yeah. ten of them. You know, yeah. it's not it's not my favorite movie of the year, but it's not my favorite Marvel movie of all time either. But I thought it was real good. I mean, I I think they expanded it to the 10 to have sort of like five very independent-oriented, you know, movies that you wouldn't think of, like Blind Spotting. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but... Blind Spotting. I'd highly recommend it. Tell me what that is. Happens to be about (laughs) Oakland as well. So, like, it's uh, two guys who've made this movie. Um, It's about basically an African-American man... (laughs) on probation witnessing a police shooting right like as his probation is about to Mm. expire and he's supposed to be free again you know and Uh so yeah I think like that previously may not have made it into Mm -hmm. the Oscars best category but I'm hoping like for this one Uh they will notice it you know it it was a pretty big success in uh, L.A., New York, so mm-hmm. I think. Cool. Uh, is there like an era of film that, you, that you're that you mostly attracted to? Mm. <laughs> for, um, I don't know. I mean, for me, my favorite films are all over the map. Sure. Uh, mostly because... Um, but if, like when you, when you put it all together, though, right? You think yeah. about like the stylistic, because there's going to be certain things that are based on just the technology that was available or... Right. Or whatever. I'm just curious to know if you have like, like, because I can just say like, for me, like the '70s was it. Like that to me, right. like that's where everything looked the best, felt the best, like sublime kind of pacing, uh-huh. nat- naturalistic, more naturalistic sort of dialogue. Yeah, like great just, stories. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? Generally, I just I feel like that that was. It doesn't mean that there's not a million movies otherwise that I like outside of of that. But if I just think about 
movies like you know like the conversation or mm. yeah you know dog day afternoon or you know these these yeah you know those kinds of films just put it all together for me in some way yeah, that just made perfect sense and then everything else is sort of like uh kind of related to that or how does it relate to that so I was just curious if you had like a thing because I also I'm a, I'm a person that doesn't like I'm a curmudgeon so I don't like most anything new right right <laughs> well then you might appreciate this my favorite film of all time is Lawrence of Arabia mm -hmm. I mean that's just I think you know they should have uh, gone bigger <laughs> they should have gone bigger yeah. I mean one if only if, if only, only they had a cinematographer <laughs> <laughs> if only Freddie yeah Freddie Young the cinematographer um for me, you know, like anytime uh, Steven, uh, Steven Spielberg says, I don't want to make movies because that movie made the bar so high, you got to go, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, every time I think about that movie, you know, I've probably watched it a good hundred times mm. and not exaggerating, but every time I come back, there's just another layer to that thing. You know, mm. it's just like, it's a it's a novel that's mm -hmm. just like keeps on building on itself and um so for me that was sort of it is still the pinnacle the, the pinnacle of yeah. all art for me um going back to kind of the 70s thing i love the 70s and i think the beauty of what's happening now is that we are now starting to make a lot of 70s films that used to be independent into studio movies you know like ex machina yeah. is you know that would have been a it would have been a thx 138 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. ex machina was you know had the proper funding you know that kind of stuff and i think like to some extent even though black panther is clearly a marvel movie mm. and but if you hear like kevin feige talk about it the way they raised the money that felt very independent compared to like all their other movies where uh -huh. you know they were like oh yeah the iron man 3 definitely has the backing yeah you know but yeah so i think there's basically everything's in flux right now yeah you know it's like that's the real and so problem for you, and so for you you you're uh, you've you've done fictional film and non-fiction film and I could be wrong, but it seems like the nonfiction and more documentary side has come l later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, I, I mean, this is actually my first foray into nonfiction. The film you're working on yeah, now. The, Maybe the, tell us a little bit about some of that so that listeners right. can kind of get a sense of what's happening with you right now. So right now I have produced this film called High Flying Jade uh, that my beautiful and talented girlfriend, uh, Catherine Sweetman. Good way to throw some qualifiers yeah, yeah. in there. You, went, yeah. Yeah, 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 you guys met at USC, right? <laughs> we met at USC the first day of USC, um, and we've been together ever since. Um, it's a Hollywood romance. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you want a story, a love story. But yeah, she directed it. A love it. story. <laughs> she... Shot by Michael Bay. Uh, by the way, yeah. Joe, Joe, you could do a very good in a world. <laughs> in a world. <laughs> where, where Michael only... Bay directs love stories. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's our love story. Um, so she directed this. It's about uh, the first ever American woman who was invited by the Vietnamese National Circus, uh, which happens to be communist, of course. And um, she's an aerialist. And if that was in itself not like an interesting 
reason to make this movie um jade who is high flying jade um she suffers from bipolar disorder and has had many suicidal attempts um so Hmm. we wanted to make this movie that was about sort of life affirmation and had sort of a positive way of looking at mental health and how you know someone can use certain aspects of and that's what she does she uses aspects of her bipolar disorder to create this new mindfulness that she uses then during her aerial routines and um, i think that's like amazing yeah yeah that's fascinating wow so she's able to sort of resynthesize uh or reconstitute you know challenges or negative or or you know difficult things into the source material to sort of focus and and be more present and actually use that to fight her her fight yeah absolutely that's pretty amazing absolutely and yeah i mean for i mean she kind of went into this mindfulness thing because you know when you are 60 feet above ground dangling by your own grip on this ring yeah you know I'm you ner- have to I'm be nervous on a ladder you have to be I'm nervous <laughs> i mean you just described it and i was like shit <laughs> yeah. exactly exactly so you have to be very mindful at that point right mm-hmm. like there's nothing else you can be thinking about and that has kind of mm-hmm. like helped her along the way so yeah it's the same thing for like you know joe and i are obviously like you know talking about uh martial arts a lot and fighting and, and it's very much the same thing you know like where i think people that have a lot of different challenges or fears or anxieties or difficulties i'm not saying that hers is comparable necessarily that's a that's a really rich you know sort of challenge that she's or series of challenges that she's got but just in general just doing something very dire Mm-hmm. that requires just yeah. absolute focus. Sometimes it, I think it just takes a recipe of something that heavy to to compress things enough to where like okay, I can like I literally cannot think about anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, she also did m- learn Muay Thai in Thailand. I mean, this oh, is yeah. this woman is super interesting yeah. and you know, um I really am hoping that knock on wood, you know, uh this is film is going to get into some good festivals yeah gonna get some reception from both critics and yeah you know the business side that's cool you you also when i was talking to you about this earlier i brought up the idea how so much of the like kung fu that we see in in kung fu movies you know kung fu hong kong kung fu cinema so much of that is really this sort of ornamental style of of fighting that comes out of chinese opera and you said that there's there's essentially that same kind of parallel aspect of like a theatrical fighting style that's that's also part of this uh, vietnamese circus is that right right absolutely yeah, that's i mean, really I mean cool. it's like all these people being trained and in the movie we talk about it that jade herself has a very contemporary american style of circus mm-hmm. but when she went there one of the big conflicts was that they wanted her to perform within those Vietnamese sort of mm-hmm. choreographed performances, right? It's uh-huh. like very ta-da, you know, this is circus kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I like, like that. that's the, yeah. <laughs> that's what they wanted because mm-hmm. that's what they're used to, this idea of like highly choreographed, highly, you know, sort of like uh, planned out. Mm-hmm. Moves, whereas, you know, the American style of contemporary circus is a little bit more jazz. It's like, yeah. yeah, expressive, you know, yeah, medium. Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
Wow. And yeah, an individual sort of like focused on this girl doing her aerial act now and then back to the clown and then did a, you know, as opposed to like you're saying, these are like right. probably more like group things where it's like, no, we got to lock, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. or somebody's going to get kicked in the face. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's really interesting. So I, I've been following along with the sort of like making of process when I've been uh, following uh, Catherine's uh, Instagram is the, is the hashtag high flying Jade. Is that right? That is right. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause if, if you look up the hashtag high flying Jade, you'll find just all sorts of great shots of, of, them like all over the all over the world kind of right well we're just Vietnam but traveling as yeah, well they're just traveling <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they definitely travel yeah. outside of Vietnam by mm-hmm. themselves yeah yeah it's super interesting so is, has she shot the whole thing in Vietnam or yeah most of it was shot in Vietnam mm-hmm. a little bit uh, so the other thing about this movie is that it is not a true documentary in the sense that it has uh, a hybrid sort of element to it which really interested us uh two years ago we were at sundance we saw this movie called casting jean benet and it was about casting jean benet so it was like it told the story of jean benet uh docu style but it had these interviews with people who had come out for the casting and it was just kind of like self-examining mm-hmm. what was going on and we thought that was one of the most interesting things we had seen. Um, so in this doc, there are certain scenes that are, or snippets even, um, that are sort of ex- examining the bipolar nature of Jade's life. So there'll be some moments that are sort of flash into her depressive state, her sort of manic state. Mm-hmm. That are, that are sort of, for lack of a better term, sort of reenacted... To, yeah, sh- to yeah. show the contrast exactly, of, exactly. of what the inner dialogue yeah. or the inner struggle is. Right. It's not even reac- reenacted. It's just like a glimpse an, an into... illustration. Yeah, a glimpse yeah, yeah. into her mind. Yeah. That's all mm. it is. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like very, you know, emotive. Um, that's what... So So tell me about the process about doing that specifically, right? Because then you're, you're, you're looking to sort of articulate something that is... A, completely foreign to you because it's not your experience. Right. And then B, probably something that's pretty abstract because it's rooted in subconscious or it's rooted in emotional uh, or just less, uh, you know, obvious material sort of environmental concerns, right? Like you're, you're right. that's got to be a very challenging thing to, to try to capture. Yeah. I mean, so for us, uh, both Catherine and I, it was very important for us to have like those moments when Jade herself felt those moments so it was going to be authentic it was gonna gonna be real and gonna be raw um but because this was going to be the stylized part of it once we sort of had talked with jade and gotten to understand where her ebbs and flows would be then it was up to me what Catherine was directing then was kind of up to me to be as be the story editor as sort of the producer, you know, like uh, what I did basically was having so much of good footage from Catherine and so much good directing. um, I basically came up with the story arc of how we were going to do it. And once we did that, uh, we figured out how, what we need, what we needed to go shoot after that uh, with Jade. Mm -hmm. And even the glimpses are Jade herself. Um, but we wanted to figure out like what are the emotions that she's feeling right now and how would we capture that so like mm-hmm. we would have like strange conversations of like 
what is what is like sadness you know like how is that portrayed without being that frowny face mm. right you know like nobody wants to see a frowny face yeah. you know and it's like you know telegraphing your emotion like a hundred you know a hundred well yeah because if anything away. it can be something where things that are otherwise perceptibly positive are the actual manifestations of sadness like you can have these actual right uh, sort of um things that are actually being perceived at a uh, sort of 180 degrees of what's you know quote unquote normal uh so you're having to look at that entirely yeah wow and um yeah you know like to Catherine's credit like she uh shot some really good moments for that mm -hmm. and you know it fit together really well um one of the things that i'm really proud of her for in this movie is that there's a lot of subtext and subtlety to the storytelling and i felt like there are great moments where i can clearly feel the loneliness for example of jade performing in vietnam being the only american person who speaks english nobody else speaks oh, english wow. and so it's like there are moments we see and i'm like so oh, just man. being there for her yeah. is a pretty extreme situation oh yeah absolutely interesting and like, yeah and also too and when it comes to those the sequences you're talking about the other day you were telling me that they almost become like experimental and that Catherine brings like her expertise with special effects into those uh parts of the film is that right absolutely absolutely because for me it was important to like highlight Catherine's skill set in this mm -hmm. movie as a director so i said you know Catherine, like on top of like doing what you want to do like make sure that like the fact that you are a good visual artist uh visual effects artist should somehow come into play and mm -hmm. like because of the nature of the story and because of sort of like the hybrid nature of the storytelling we were like oh this is where that should happen yeah so it's like this is where the vfx is mm -hmm. and so we have these like sort of dreamlike sequences where you know it's us compositing uh time that jade spent in a pool uh, then we composited with like sort of like these black drapes with lights coming in. So it looks like this complete dark world mm -hmm. where there's like a little bit of light coming through, mm -hmm. and she's kind of like floating around in it. So like, yeah, <laughs> cool. You know, it's like wow. And so and what is so what's the current state of the project? So it's finished, and we have submitted for Sundance. Oh, congratulations! Uh, which is a thank you. Um, you have I mean, my, you have my vote. And thanks, I, thank, yeah. you, thank you. I'll make sure. And I certainly it. hope. Uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly hope the judges like it. So, when do you find out if you've gotten into Sundance? I think we've got some time. Uh, okay. It's like but maybe be, a month or so. Okay, or maybe a little. And bit And then longer. Sundance will be like in February, January usually. Okay, January. Uh, yeah. Okay, at the end. Um, but that's pretty quick. Like you find out, yeah. and a couple oh, yeah. months later, you're yeah. in Utah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, um, yeah, I'm not in kidding. Toronto, and like, yeah, like we're gonna, All we're the big gonna, ones. we're gonna go for the big ones, and uh -huh. I think like Berlin, Berlin for sure. Awesome. Um, yeah, <laughs> that'd be a cool one. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great one. What do you? Is it, do they have the bear? The golden bear? Yeah, uh, that's right. Be, yeah, the golden bear. Yeah, yeah. get the golden <laughs> bear. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I felt like we've been. We've been talking about in the ethos just like strong female characters, you know, whether it be narrative or not. And mm -hmm. uh, obviously, given what's going on in politics right now, that's super important. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like a lot of the stories I was seeing 
was unfortunately stories that in, indirectly involved men and abuse, but it wasn't just about the woman's own strength, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think like, that's what this film is about. You know, it's like her thing. Nobody, I see, so, like having like, a struggle that's outside of like uh, a sort of uh, an associative victim quality or something right, related right, right. to another yeah. person. So getting out, I mean, which is all perfectly valid and, yeah. and, and, and real. But I guess I'm just saying like, I, I think I get what you're saying. You're saying, uh, while that's a story that needs to be told, to just be, isn't it sort of an elevating thing possibly to right. just kind of be independently uh, considered, uh, you know, for, for these struggles that are just internal? Right. I mean, exactly. So for me, like, you know, Thelma Louise, Thelma and Louise mm-hmm. is like a hugely important movie. And I think like we need more movies that sort of talk about the damage we as men have done to mm-hmm. women. And because clearly a lot of this country doesn't understand mm. how much we have hurt them mm. and how much we need to help them. Mm. Uh, but a lot of it for me was like, oh no, we are again getting involved. You know, what about women doing stuff for themselves? Yeah. You know, like. I feel like, you know, when that whole discussion is going on or, you know, any any part of that, you know, Black Lives Matter or any any of these things that are, you know, that are, uh, you know, in the air right now, I feel like that's always my feeling about it is I was going to say that I was going to say just as you were saying this, that like it's I, I think it's it's a great opportunity for women to direct women telling stories about women. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And one of the biggest problems I have, and it's really kind of cynical in a way, the thing that you see people doing, but it's like, well, now every movie tries to like shoehorn in like the strong female lead, you know, not all of them, but a bunch of them are doing that. And they're clearly only doing it because it is in the air and because they feel like they'll get points in some way or attention in some way if they do that. Mm-hmm. But so many times to me, I see those movies and it's, it's clearly just like putting a, a woman in a role that is essentially written for a man, probably written by a man, maybe directed mm-hmm. by a man mm-hmm. and it never, and it doesn't work. Funded and approved by a man. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah, yeah. work. It doesn't yeah. work when that lady starts acting like a tough guy. That's not what we're talking yeah. about here. We're talking yeah. about letting women be women in movies and let them be strong the way women are strong. And I think it's, one of the ways that you can help ensure that better is to let women make those movies about women. True. And, and I think in all these cases, my biggest thing is, why doesn't everybody just shut the fuck up and yeah. listen for five fucking minutes? You know what I mean? And if you have a question or if there's something you don't understand, go to the source. Ask the women what they think about it. Right. <laughs> you know? No, uh, absolutely. Because that being said, yeah. I want to say... Ripley and Alien <laughs> yeah. is like a, yeah. I mean, dear God, that's you know, different, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's different. That's, no, no, yeah, yeah I think that's a well done. Uh, like, a yeah, well that done. is a well yeah. done movie. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's why I think like, and it can be. You know, it's yeah. important to say also, it, can it can be done. Be. Can also, Sigourney is kind of the coolest name that, yes. that yeah. human beings ever had. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. That <laughs> that's, that's why I think like you know the success of Wonder Woman was such a big deal, right? Like, you know, right. it was like, and I finally, thought that was great. Finally, yeah. a woman director telling a woman's story, you know? Yeah. And which is one of the good things about this project for me as well. Like I produced, but like I was the least important component. Of this. <laughs> like Catherine had a vision. She had, you know, 
a lot of chops to go out to Vietnam, do this one woman style, mm-hmm. her whole thing from like conception to production to post. Most of post is done just by Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, our composer Nami is some, one of my f- good friends, and mm-hmm. like we brought her in because she has always helped me in my other projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but like other than that, it was any again Nami being another woman. But it was just like literally Jade, Catherine, Nami, mm-hmm. all women, and I was just like, "Hey, how can I help?" You know, mm-hmm. and like that was it. Um, and that to me is important because like here we are talking about their film, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important for me to acknowledge all three of them because mm-hmm. it kind of I don't want it to be like a big eyes or like the movie that's coming out Colette where mm-hmm. you know the husband's like oh hey I made this thing no mm-hmm. I didn't make this thing at all right like, mm-hmm. you know, the women like, have done the work now yeah. I can take credit for yeah that. exactly like yeah. I, yeah. yeah it should also be said that we tried to have everybody on today we, yeah absolutely but we and don't do. have the technical capacity to have somebody here in the studio and two other people on the phone from two other locations right. so no, we, no, had no. To, we had to take what we could get and just hey, put absolutely. Jay in the seat. by the way obviously <laughs> you know in Nashville please come by let's do this yeah yeah, yeah. And, no and uh, we not just me, but like both Catherine and Jade really appreciate the chance for us to even talk about this. You yeah. Know? And it's like, it's, it's really helpful to be like Good. talking about something because our thing more than being this, making this movie is also to really put this positive message of like, if you have a mental disorder, mm-hmm. you are not like crippled by it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like your life's not over. And it's really important because, like, I've had struggles of depression mm-hmm. and, you know, it was really hard for me to, even in the creative community, find positive messages mm-hmm. or positive role models who mm-hmm. would, like, willingly admit, like, hey, I have suf- suffered this or I live with it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and you can too, you know. Yeah. And that, that, that idea of, like, and you can too is very important. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, I'm very proud of that 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 comes across in this film yeah. yeah it sounds uh it sounds really interesting I mean I like the fact that there's so many different layers to it and um, I think um, one of the things that's also interesting to me about it is just like you you just like broke it down to saying it's really just a movie that's that's you know essentially been put together by these three women but I'm interested in how what is Catherine like doing is is she just setting up lights and shooting the camera by herself or does she have anybody else there for the technical part of it like what is the actual nuts and bolts of you guys making a movie in Vietnam like right. does, you know what I mean you're not right. just running down the street in LA somewhere and doing something you know right so it kind of helped that LA is so far apart so I could like at night do the production stuff you know I could like make calls and luckily Vietnam has a significant expat community uh so there are like you know i would like hunt down people and say like hey we need a drone shot or whatever Mm -hmm. you know but mainly it became that Catherine was gonna do everything herself Mm -hmm. because of the emotional nature of this film like originally we had this grand idea of like having a lot of support staff that i was coordinating and like they were definitely coming along and like I said, because of the expat community, it was very easy to, or relative, not very to easy. To put together a yeah, crew relatively and do stuff, easy. yeah. Uh, I mean, 
you're still like 12 hour difference. It's, it's, so attainable. You, yeah. Yeah. it's attainable. It is yeah. attainable. Yeah. So we were doing that, but then it just became very clear to us that Jade was giving us an access that was unfettered and really personal. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we didn't want too many people. Yeah. Other, yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like some boom guy who's just day playing right. and like doesn't care about the project is not gonna right. be a value to yeah, this fuck set. you imaginary boom <laughs> yeah. guy because ultimately you want Jade to feel comfortable to exactly, be yourself exactly, and be open exactly. and it's like if we bring in a bunch of lights and cameras this is gonna get she's right. gonna be is on that, performing and that's not yeah, the same yeah, thing yeah, that's is, not the is, same yeah. thing and also like not just Jade I thought one of the good things about this documentary even though it's a documentary is there's so much production value because of having this access to the circus right it's already there right Right. had we had a crew of 20 you don't get that mm-hmm. access because they would have been like dear god just yeah we can't you know like but just you, one- have, you have two days to shoot this whole thing or something like that but like no Catherine was there for like almost entirety of that performance you yeah know, the they're so able to be more nimble and embedded and absolutely and then more yeah. sensitive to the and there's already a set and lights and everything just sitting there yes yeah. and costumes all that shit and we <laughs> you know we planned like a lot i mean still we did all the logistics over and over and over and over uh you know you figure out like okay this is the gear that we have and like all of this can still play you know mm-hmm. so, so what's, what's the total run of time that this project has been going um Oh, since conception? Yeah. Uh, I want to say almost a year. Well, yeah, that's really great. not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like almost that's, a year. That's the thing that always gets me about um, hearing about any film project is, mm-hmm. you know, especially a lot of these documentaries where it takes time for circumstances to evolve and you've got to sort of go back or whatever. But just, I can't imagine having that heavy of a project that I'm so invested in that is going to take you know three years or five years or something of my life to to see come to fruition. I can't. I mean, I, I get frustrated if I have something around for even just like a couple of months, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know. So I just I don't know. So a year sounds like uh, yeah. Like I mean, it's about right. Pretty like, exp- like yeah. ideal or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, th- and that again is credit to Catherine. You know, like on some level she is such a machine and knows exactly I mean to me Catherine is the quintessential filmmaker in that she knows a lot of post process knows story you know knows how to shoot you know it's very hard to find that full package in like a filmmaker yeah. so you, mm-hmm. now listen this. like you've, you've yeah. said a very a lot of very nice things about your girlfriend but let's <laughs> let's, get, let's let's get into the pet peeves <laughs> uh, let's, just, let's just see how, how much we can just yeah, yeah, sabotage this she whole always thing for puts you. me on a diet man I hate that shit <laughs> she'll be mad at me bringing she, your birthday yeah, beers yeah, I know exactly yeah damn her she was like yeah healthy. I was like I'm going to Nashville I want some hot chicken uh, I want some Brown's Diner Oh yeah, you yeah. know, I want some rotiers, oh, milkshake. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, you know all you the got, ones. You gotta check off those. You know? <laughs> check and the boxes like, like and none of that's on the diet. Have you been to Woolworths uh, since that opened? That's no, like no. Down no you told 5th? me about it. Yeah, I went there. Went there again this weekend and had um, I had a beer. I don't remember what it was. A wild iris home home style ale. I think is it's an IPA they have. 
very good. I love the bearded iris stuff. But then, then we also had a uh, their really yummy deviled eggs there, and okay. we also had uh, the deep fried chicken skin, mm. <laughs> which is also kind of spicy. Uh, Anne didn't go for that as much, and she reminded me of some chicken skin we had in Memphis, and she was right. It was better in Memphis, but was it, it was still pretty fucking good. Was, it, <laughs> yeah. was the Memphis uh, chicken skin Gus's? I don't know. I don't remember where it was at. I don't okay. remember where we were. Maybe, though. I'm, I'm sure there's more than one place to get deep fried chicken skin in Memphis. And, Probably, yeah, yeah. That's true. and anybody that's not in the South that's listening, yeah. I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is, well, that's why I'm describing it, man. Not everybody knows. Yeah, exactly. Uh, supposedly now, you know, at least Nashville hot chicken is national, at least. Right. Um, which to me is really weird because um, the day I was coming from LA at a meeting, and the guy wanted to take me to a place called Howland Rays. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, what is, it sounds Southern. What is it about? And he's like, Nashville Hot Chicken, man. Oh, this was and in I'm LA? Like, in yeah. LA. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my I'm like man, uh, I can't stand in this line. This is like. <laughs> There's a line. Uh, yeah. It's, oh it's like God. not just a line. It's a line around the block. Oh, oh my God. I can't stand in this that's line. Insane. I'm about that's to get on a. That's because they I'm about like, to fly to Nashville. I go to Dickerson's Hike. Yeah, but you know why? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you why. It's because they've been all wasting away on kale for the last nine years. <laughs> That's right. They're trying to reconstitute their systems. Absolutely. But I mean, well, you know, the thing too is like, so I'm, I'm glad you brought up Rotiers. Best cheeseburger, in my opinion. Ooh, if you get the Rotiers burger on toast, mm-hmm. the way cheeseburgers oh. were originally, like we're starting to get hungry here. This is clear yeah. what's happening. I'm going to go to the deli and get my tacos. <laughs> See, by the way, this deli is down the street here. It's a, it's a, used to be like a supermercado and it's uh-huh. a, now like kind of burgeoning deli and sandwich shop, but uh-huh. they've got some of their roots. They have amazing tacos and all that. But um, I had the hot chicken tacos for lunch today. So they actually oh. have, Ooh. they've got some hybrid things going on there. So they've got, uh, really authentic uh, tacos, but with some twists. And I gotta mm-hmm. say, like typically, I don't like that. Like, you know, when people try to get all get all fancy, or just like you know, like these kind of they're pretty authentic there, though. Yeah, but I'll tell yeah. you what, man, the hot chicken tacos are the bomb. I haven't had that. Antonio likes the falafel taco. They have these tacos with falafel, and I think it's got like cabbage and like you know uh, tahini sauce on it. <laughs> Isn't that a that point called uh, yeah it's almost whatever. called a euro sandwich basically but it's a, I think it's in a corn tortilla <laughs> so so in general uh, like let us know like okay so if people want to find out all of you know they've listened to you tell all these amazing stories and now they all the listeners are saying okay I want to spend the next three hours doing nothing but watching this guy's work reading everything right. I, does he have an autobiography <laughs> like, like oh my god we need no. all of the things I, uh, but I would love for you to where's your blog a page uh, yeah. I know how, <laughs> how, how <laughs> people hit you up um, Tell me where your MySpace is. Well, yeah. they can reach me at Instagram or Twitter at Jadasgupta. Mm-hmm. Can you spell uh, that? At J-A-Y-D-A-S-G-U-P as in Paul, T as in Thomas, Anderson. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so they can reach me there. Um, of course, High Flying Jade is on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And, is that um, a handle on Instagram or just the hashtag? Uh, just the hashtag, uh-huh. is, if I'm not wrong. And if you look at so, those, you'll find Catherine yeah. through those. And Catherine Sweetman, yeah. So um, we're going to definitely put up the trailer for this on YouTube. Do you have a Vimeo uh, page? Oh, great. We do. Well, and we where do. is that? That's also at J. Dasgupta. And um, yeah. 
and if so, specifically a high flying jade. Is there's there's so you said there's a hashtag. Yeah, on there's Instagram, a hashtag yeah. on Instagram. Oh, okay, and then you can kind of see all of the all of Catherine's like production all the BTS shots and stuff. Photos, yeah, like yeah. behind the scene uh, scene shots. BTS, shot. I've yeah, never yeah, heard BTS, that before. Yeah. Nice. It's a it's hashtag a BTS. it's a good <laughs> good gig to have for big uh, movies where you're not working. You can. If take you, the photos if you know some people production you can be the BTS photographer nice and yeah let's see yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we have those and um, hopefully you will actually get to see the film in Sundance Sundance Toronto I don't know some Berlin maybe so, and are but you, definitely I'm hoping Berlin. Nashville Film Festival yeah definitely, yeah, right? yeah, well, definitely. We, even talked, we even talked the other day about the, the Nashville has the Defy Film Festival which has Absolutely. a lot of experimental short movies including uh, short documentaries and um, this one sounds like it's you know even more experimental than a lot of ones I saw this right. year so yeah. it fit and, they're ex- and Nashville Film Festival is changing when their festival is they're expanding it yeah. it's, it's getting it's going to be in the fall better now. and better and better all the time it's a great festival and I'm not just yeah no uh, it just keeps getting bigger not just uh, I don't know what's the expression for just like saying bullshit things mm-hmm. I'm not uh, just bullshitting I'm not just bailing hay <laughs> bailing hay I'm, I'm not, not just shooting the shit, shit over here yeah. god damn it hey Brian let's good, let's good cop bad cop uh, our funding button real quick oh yeah 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 so you're listen, the good cop uh, you, okay you go this time so I'll tell you the URL and then you tell everybody listening so the URL Joe for your pitch here uh, it's anchor.fm anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast and if they really are good at URLs and listening and then typing it's anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast forward slash support support so I'll give you the choice of telling people what URL they should use but maybe tell them why either one of those is good uh, you should use it for that last word you said Brian support if you if you have enjoyed two full seasons of the art fight podcast and the beginning of our third season seemingly our best season perhaps maybe our best season yet I would like to think we're making that kind of progress um, but um, if you are enjoying the art fight podcast we're I know we're live again on Stitcher so we're going 110% here and uh, and and uh, if you're enjoying it, give us some support. Hit that button, uh, give what you can, and uh, become a monthly uh, uh, patron, essentially, of our of the podcast, because uh, we'd love to expand. It'd be great if we could have two or three people in the studio or two or three people on the phone at the same time, and uh, that kind of support would help us actually be able to pull that off. Yeah. So uh, help us today. Thank you so much. Yeah, and also just a <laughs> little footnote, we do have a funding goal. Uh, so when you click on that, uh, <laughs> anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast forward slash support when you get there you're going to be presented with the option of 99 cents a month 4.99 a month or something more I can't remember uh-huh. that no one will ever do so <laughs> all we want to do humbly is humbly. just have 1 million subscribers at the 99 cent a month That's right. level so that'll give us a million dollars a yeah. month to just crank out to make the best podcast ever <laughs> to make the best the greatest million dollar a month <laughs> podcast of all time but it's, it's it's an interesting point though because because obviously if we're going to hit our goal of a million uh, patrons <laughs> at 99 cents a month you can see that not only is it important for you to sign up for nearly no money a month but it's important for you also to share uh, this podcast with your friends and tell them that you're supporting us and let them know that they should also be listening to the Art Fight podcast Absolutely. Yeah, and then in the meantime, uh, so right now we're at I think nine hundred thousand dollars a month 
and we we're just, almost ooh, there, people. And we just, we're just trying to close the gap here and finish yeah. strong, people. So right. uh, keep that in mind. All right. I got to buy Antonio Khabib shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Here we go. Next week, this time, we're going to be different people. We're going to have experienced something that we've never seen before. Um, hopefully for Jay, hopefully lot, let's let's get through the thank you guys yeah. <laughs> really appreciate it it's been really cool uh, Joe you got any shows or anything uh, I thought I had something to talk about but I don't really okay <laughs> we should have just opened the podcast with that yeah <laughs> bye alright yeah thanks everybody appreciate it alright have a good one out Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone